0: It's Golden Hour Adventure Time, featuring everyday people doing extraordinary things. From the peaks of victory to the valleys of defeat, these are their stories. Now, from the back of the pack, your hosts, Justin and Robbie. Welcome to Golden Hour Adventures. Today, we have Jenny Nielsen. Uh, Jenny is claimed to fame of a washed-up ultra-runner who teaches her kids how to do long backpacking trips through the mountains. I can't wait to get into this one. So here we go. Jenny, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: So tell us a, a little bit about yourself. Like, I don't necessarily want to get into how you got into this yet, but I feel like there's a big backstory here. So. Uh, you claim to fame, washed up ultra runner. I'm sure that like running in the mountains maybe had a little bit to do with how you became a, a backpacker.
1: It, it did. It. So actually, running came after backpacking. Oh. I feel like my claim to fame is not necessarily like what I as a person do, because I feel like there's so many people, especially here in the Wasatch, that are such incredible elite athletes that I would just like get lost in the mix. I feel like my claim to fame is what I have done with my child. Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: I guess I did not need to say claim to fame. I meant to say, I don't know what I meant to say.
1: (laughs) I just. It doesn't matter.
0: (laughs) I guess, yeah. I I put you in a box uh, right off the bat, so no, it's,
1: it's okay.
0: It's okay. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry, ignore everything that I just said. So,
1: no, uh, ultra ultra running is great. I do love to use running, and I actually run with my youngest too. I feel it really helps like build endurance, especially during the winter months for backpacking. So we don't lose a lot of our endurance and fitness. So. It's, it's a great tool and I do use running
0: a lot. Yeah, yeah. so I guess we do just need to jump into it. How did, you, how did you get into, has backpacking always been a thing, a passion of yours?
1: No, so I actually didn't get into it until um, my youngest was about two years old. I had really never even done much camping up until like I was an adult even like much hiking so i didn't grow up outdoors at all but it's always been something i've been really interested in i have i guess ran most of my life so or different spurts throughout my life but um i just one day decided i really wanted to start hiking more and so i did and like one thing led to the next then i had a child then we do long days on trail. I thought it'd be neat to camp. So then we start getting into backpacking. And like any endurance type athlete, in our mindset, it's kind of like, what's the next big thing? Like, okay, I did this. How far can we push it next time? So that's kind of how it all evolved.
0: Nice. And so you mentioned Wasatch, is that where you primarily um or I mean I'm assuming that's where you're located, but that's uh where you primarily go out and do your you're teaching?
1: Yes. So I live in Salt Lake City, and Salt Lake is butted up right against the Wasatch Front. So within like a 30 minute radius, we have hundreds of trails at our disposal. We're insanely spoiled.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I drove through the Wasatch Mountains uh, two years ago and I was like, oh my gosh, I could totally live here.
1: <laughs> oh, it's, it's incredible. Well, no, it sucks. Like, everyone would hate it here. Don't come here. <laughs> <It's
0: horrible. laughs> That's how it always is. So, you well, got- moved away in
1: 2003. So, <laughs> oh, sad. you and
0: raised in Salt Lake City.
1: <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. <clears throat>
0: Did y'all just become best friends?
1: Right? <laughs> I mean, it's always kind of a weird place, but yeah. we, we do have great access to the mountains. So there's that.
0: For sure, for sure. Um, So you got into backpacking and you just decided you want to do more and more and more. So in my world, like you do a marathon, you do a 50K, that's your more and more and more. Um, and then, you know, it seems like it never ends. You could go as far as you want. What is your like... When you when you said you started out doing this and you wanted to go more and more, was was that a a two-day hike, um, you know, a couple 20, 30 miles, or like what are we talking starting out?
1: So so okay, so with my child or my youngest, how he plays into a lot of this. I don't have a lot of opportunity to get outside without him. Like even when I trained for my ultra marathon, like most of it was done pushing a stroller. So yeah there's that but um so we started out really small because he was two and a half I couldn't carry him too well I didn't like to carry him too and all my gear so I mean we were doing like just like two two miles in like really low-key
0: yeah
1: yeah it was it was nothing that like I feel like too many people care about so and then it just kind of evolved like he just got stronger faster could go further and um our longest backpacking trip to date with him has been about 28 miles we did king's peak which he is the youngest child that i can find on record to summit kings wow on on two legs so eight was the youngest i could find and he is five so i was super proud of him He worked really hard for it and eventually like within the next few years i would like to get him on like the high sierra trail and do like a kind of a through hike or start section hiking with him
0: yeah and so um is is he an only child or is there
1: no, I have two older kids, so I have two teens from a previous marriage. I have a daughter. She's in her second year in college, and she actually does go backpacking with us sometimes. She enjoys that, and I have a son who is around 17. He's more interested in, like, organized group sports. He did, however, run a half marathon, like a trail oh, okay. marathon.
0: So, okay. So. Okay. Yeah. So, so primarily, it's just you and little dude then, huh?
1: Yes,
0: yes. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> so is there uh on that 28 miler that you did where he um he got that that summit was is that a multi-day deal or was that um a single yeah. day?
1: No, we did it over a couple days and we camped, but there was two du- double digit days for him and we did it early season conditions. So we were like navigating snowfields up to oh, the wow. summit. wow. Yeah. That's...
0: Which was even more impressive <laughs> <Thank
1: you. laughs> yeah we went and did it when everyone was still like you can't do that until july but yeah
0: yeah is there ever um i'm, I'm assuming there is but there's a time when he doesn't want to go anymore is it, you know sometimes it seems like if you're going to be staying overnight you need to find a place that you have to camp you know you can't just camp anywhere you have to find a a suitable location to be able to set up your camp like how do you How do you motivate him to move further in that?
1: So that's a really good question. So I feel like over the course of the last few years, he has become more consistent. I mean, I I feel like I really haven't had like issue with this in the last two years. Um, He, I, I don't know, maybe he just like knows what to expect or but like when we first started out he would have tizzy fits like any normal child would do and he'd throw himself on the trail and not want to go any further and we just stop and i'd let him know we're still going to keep hiking but you know like we'll give you some snacks we'll give you some hugs and when you're like emotionally pulled together but for the most part, I feel like a lot of the responsibility when doing like double digits with someone who was like four or five years old, a lot of my ultra running actually like came into play during that because I, I like to think of myself like as his pacer, mm-hmm. you know, like when you're really like grinding out those miles and you don't want to go anymore. Um, I, I feel like a pacer's not necessarily there to like push you to tell you like oh nope your pace drops you know keep going it's to mentally distract you from everything that's going on and so that's kind of what we're doing like i just talk about stuff that's interesting to him and i feed him an insane amount of sugar so he's like always <laughs> really amped up just like a normal ultra runner you know and <laughs> just to just do those things yeah so it, it kind of works out but no ultra running has really helped me understand like about bonking and about roller coastering. and i know that like if he bonks it's going to be like since he's a child it's going to be so much harder to bring him back so like fueling is so important i know there's a lot of parents who are like i would never feed my kid that much candy out on trail and it's like well if you're gonna expect them to do some of these things like they need to be riding that sugar high like or else everybody's life is going to be pretty miserable so
0: (laughs) What, uh, speaking of just candy and food, is it, I mean, is, is there any like correlations to the running world and what you give him like gels or is it just straight candy, gummy bears, that type of thing?
1: That is another really good question. Actually, there is a correlation between the ultra world. Um, I love Scratch Labs. Mm -hmm. There's strawberry lemonade drink mixes with the electrolytes. I also feed him the salt tabs too. So we take that to kind of keep him hydrated. I, you know, like, like when you're running an ultra, you're constantly looking at your watch. Okay, it's been this amount of time we need to like drink and eat something. And so just kind of keep on top of hydration and pace and fueling and, and I even use a lot of ultra techniques, like with taping feet and squirrels nut butter all over the feet. And, you know, like if it's a really long day and your feet might get wet, changing socks. And he also wears um, the Solomon's feet cross. So he is in trail runners. And, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there, yeah, there's you're a just, lot. You're of
0: just grooming a uh, future, uh, buckle collector. That's what I'm hearing.
1: <laughs> no, I personally don't think I could ever run a hundred. Like I wish I could, but I, I mean, yeah, I just don't know if I could do it, but I think I'll be pacing him or crewing him for one. I
0: could, yeah. I could see it. Never say yeah. never, never say never.
1: I'm never saying never. I mean, let's get through the 50 first and then nice. I'll nice. get back to you.
0: <laughs> so, uh, so what is his favorite snack? Uh, he has a go-to that like, you know, that like, oh, he's about to break down. Let me, let me just give him this one just kind of as a little boost.
1: He loves the sour gummy worms. He also loves like the, wa- the gummy watermelon and the, the, the high juice. Oh yeah.
0: Those
1: are, yeah. Those are his favorites. Salt so selections. Obviously- <laughs> yeah. He loves gummy candies. That's yeah. what he wants on
0: Okay, trail. okay cool. What about, um. What about animals? Are you ever concerned about animals on the trails? I mean, um, I'm assuming there's bears and lions that are out there in the mountains. Is that ever a concern? Do you ever have run-ins with them? Or
1: Yes, I have. I've had run-ins with many animals on the trail and at camp. Um, bears and mountain lions don't really concern me as much. I have seen mountain lions pretty up close in person, not with him but just like when i'm out for a run or a hike and they cross the trail and i feel like mountain lions and bears well not grizzly but like the black bears that are here in the wasatch and the uintas they're they're pretty skittish and elusive so if you're making a lot of noise they're pretty good to like really clear out of your way and i i feel the same with the mountain lions even though like every so many years there will be an incident here with a mountain lion that like blows up on social media the thing that I'm the most worried about is moose mm. because they hear you sometimes and they don't move and you roll around a corner and you're right on them. And I feel like they're very temperamental and they're very, they can be very aggressive and unpredictable. And so moose is what like really scares me. And I have been charged by a moose before. So
0: Oh my gosh. That's terrifying.
1: It was <laughs> terrifying. <laughs>
0: <laughs> was this was that with uh with your child when when they yes. oh my god
1: I was i was actually child carrying him and i was on a trail and no one else was there and i actually had my jack russell dog and all of a sudden like her tail just like points and she and i'm like oh shit! she sees a moose <laughs> and then i tried calling her back and it was funny is like she's like trained to like attack rodents and all that and i had like really good recall with her with like rodents but no she wanted to see what this moose was doing and it was pregnant and it mm. was pissed and so it just came barreling down the trail at us and so i just got behind a tree as quickly as i could i could have like reached out and touched the moose as it passed by just chasing my dog down the trail
0: oh my gosh
1: and then yeah it was making noise and everything and it whirls by us and it, the kid at the time he was like maybe like not even two he just he was napping and he wasn't napping anymore. And,
0: yeah. <laughs> that was a quick wake up.
1: <laughs> yeah. And then I was just, I just had a lot of trauma after that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then it comes to the time, like the moose runs by, and you're like, all right, how long do I stay here? Do I go up? Do I turn around and go back down? Like,
1: luckily, <laughs> it was like a point to point. Okay. <laughs> and so I didn't have to recross paths with the moose. Okay.
0: That's always the, uh, a, a terrifying thing i be, i was charged by a bear once and oh my gosh i i got up in a tree and i just kind of stayed in the tree and it was a younger one but she came out um of the i kind of lost sight of her she came out and was she charged me and i was already in the tree by the time and it was a grizzly and she um came out saw the tree moving i think and it scared her because it was you know a lot bigger than her and so she turned and ran the opposite direction um she was you know protecting her i walked i scared her when she was, you know her uh cub was down there eating yeah um yeah mistake number one (laughs) don't 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 spook (laughs) a grizzly bear a mama bear anyways um but, th- but then it became like, how long do I sit in this tree? Um, is she, cause I lost sight of her and I'm like, is she going to come back or do I just make a, make a break for it? So I was just like, I don't know. I, I thought I sat in the tree for like 75 days, but I think it was only like maybe three minutes or something like that <laughs> <laughs> when you're, when you're running away from an animal. So I have a real healthy, healthy respect for bears now. Oh um, yeah.
1: Grizzlies yeah. terrify me. So. And y'all
0: have grizzlies up there too?
1: we don't have grizzlies here okay. we just have the skittish black bears and not okay. that they won't do anything not that there hasn't been any fatalities with black bears in our area but it's mostly been like people camping and they keep food in their tent and yep. that kind of thing
0: but... that's, like, that's probably like the number one thing they teach you as a, a backpacker is to is to hide your food
1: yes far away from your camp <laughs> yeah. So
0: so how do you make a decision on, you know, you talk about that 28 day or 28 day, 28 mile multi-day trip that you guys went on. Like, I would assume that that's probably weeks of planning to get up to that. I mean, there's got to be a lot of food and a lot of, a lot of gummies. That's a lot of, a lot to pack. What, What is the process of that like?
1: <laughs> I, I do spend a lot of time in the winter actually planning for our summer trips, and I watched a lot of videos. I mean, I had done Kings Peak twice before. I did a through hike of the Uinta Highline Trail a few years ago, and then I also did like a loop in that area. So, I mean, I knew what we were up against, and I did it one year in early snow conditions too. That was actually worse than when we did it with him. but. So I just kind of, I don't know, decided what to do based on past experiences. Um, the main part was just like really focusing on training him and legging him up. Like we did a major peak out here. We did Mount Olympus as one of our training hikes, which is, it's only seven and a half miles long, but it's like 4,200 feet of vert in that 7.5 oh, wow. miles. Yeah. And there was like a little scramble at the top too, which Kings, I don't feel like it's really a scramble, but it does have like a lot of big boulders. It doesn't have like an actual trail. You just kind of boulder hop up the face of it. And so, you know, like if he if he could do that, he could do Kings. Yeah. But no, the my bag gets heavy. And so I'm all about that ultra light gear. Especially since now that we do do several double-digit um, yeah, double-digit days and everything, and we are going for longer, I have to make sure my gear is a lot lighter.
0: Yeah, now is it typically just you and him that go?
1: Um, him and just gone on a few by ourselves. Um usually I have one of my crazy girlfriends and their kids.
0: Oh okay.
1: There's there's a few of us that are insane. So we just all kind of (laughs) like get together and do that. And it's funny because they're like all endurance athletes too. So cool. There's yeah we need our hits of dopamine somehow. So let's (laughs) let's go drag the kids like a million miles into the wilderness. Yeah. Um, My husband does go with us sometimes too. He he's so funny um he wanted a backpack like his whole life and when we met he actually took me on like a hike in our area to test me out to make sure i like taking because he felt (laughs) like pretty like bamboozled by a lot of girls like because he's like they'll post a picture of them like kind of looking like they're on a trail and then they can't hang and so he took me on a whole Outdoor adventure date for our second date to make oh, sure like hilarious. it was the real deal. And I always say, "Careful what you wish for," because he's like, you know, like I, I was, like, I wanted a girl so bad that was in the outdoors, but then I got you, and it's not a bad thing. He's <laughs> like I would never personally choose to do it at the capacity that you yeah. want to do it. Yeah, so.
0: that's awesome he's like and and i got you no yeah he's living Uh-oh. through you now yes do uh, does it, does your kid wear a pack what kind of gear does your kid carry what
1: so the only pack that i can find that really fits him because he's he's still small he is a little tall for his age but um like he's still five um he wears the rei tarn 18. And I'm really excited for him to be able to size up to where they have like the stiff, the stiffer, more supportive hip belts. But since he is just under 40 pounds, he can't carry more than four or five pounds. So I'll usually have him carry stuff that's like bulkier, but lighter. So like puffers and raincoats or or things that I need easy access to in his pack. And then I just suffer with the rest.
0: <laughs> is there a recommendation for weight on packs or for what he's supposed to carry?
1: I feel like for kids, I've heard that you shouldn't make them carry more than 10% of their body weight. Okay. percent.
0: I feel like that's a safe, probably safe bet.
1: Yeah. For adults, like all bets are off. So yeah.
0: I yeah, remember when I was a kid, they, they probably didn't have that. Cause my school backpack had 17 school books and <laughs> yeah.
1: I feel like his school backpack weighs more than
0: his backpacks. Yeah. So. yeah, but he's not he's not uh, claiming peaks with his school backpack either. But you know, it could be some good training for the during the winter time frame. <laughs> <laughs> that
1: it could be.
0: Well, as far as uh, gear for him, do you outfit him in the same? I know we're we're kind of skipping the gear questions usually at the end. We'll okay. we'll get to you at the end, but let's talk about him for a minute. Yeah. Um, is he typically in the same type of gear as you? Is, I mean, I mean, you know, your typical outdoor research, you know, Patagonia, that style of stuff, or is he?
1: Yes, absolutely. And, you know, and okay, so I am like a cheapskate. Okay. I don't like to spend like a ton of money, but I do believe if you're doing something to a certain capacity, it is worth investing in that. So, like, when he was first learning how to, I would just go to kid to kid and buy, you know, like whatever non-cotton thing that worked for him but now i mean he has the smart wool socks because i mean if he is doing that many miles he he needs to be comfortable too and for sun shirts i do prefer like sun shirts i i don't have the outdoor research for him i have the patagonia the um and I find that that one is the lightest and it works best in the warmer months and I also like one that has a hood so I'll just buy him like the one Patagonia I did decide this year to try the REI version of it but the REI version um I felt like held on to heat Mm. and it was better for like colder places but like in summer I I just felt like it got too hot so yeah. So thinking I'm gonna save like $10, I really ended up just <laughs> having to buy two. So yeah. yeah, and I guess I could return it to REI with their return policy, but I'm like, eh, he can have it for the winter months. So
0: <laughs> my my wife yeah. regrets telling me this saying, but because um, now that you know I'm older and I've I've realized it, she's like, but if you don't buy nice, you buy twice. So Because now I buy nice two times. (laughs) Oh, sure. I need two of these, but.
1: You you do. With the amount of miles that you're doing, you you need two. (laughs) Do you hear that? (laughs) He's like, no.
0: She's like, I didn't hear that. He needs two.
1: (laughs) No, yeah. he has. My child has like as nice of gear as I do.
0: Yeah. That's kind of one thing that I was kind of wondering it, you know, because he's, is obviously outgrowing probably every season. He's needing new gear um, yeah. for as fast as he's shooting up. So are you spending the extra money and buying all the super nice gear or, you know, going to, that's, I don't know what the store, I don't have kids, sorry. But, um, so I don't know where the stores are, but um, yeah, so i just, just kind of a question.
1: I mean, I'm buying the new stuff each time. Yeah, But I mean, in my defense, like, the Solomon Trail Runners, they're fifty-eight bucks. Yeah, but I mean, like, if you look at like most kids' closets, they have like seven or eight pairs of shoes. Mm-hmm. My kid has three pairs of shoes. He has his winter boots, his school shoes, and his Solomon tra- Trail Runners.
0: No, and I mean, so- I don't think that you have to, you know, no, no, but- for anything that you're, you know, buying. Obviously, it's your kid, you can buy whatever you want, but you're you're spending tons of miles out on the trails. I mean, I'm if he did a 28-miler over a couple of days, I'm assuming he's probably put in 100 plus miles throughout the season, if not.
1: Uh, he he's over 300.
0: Yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. a lot of people don't don't walk that at all, adults, you know. And so needing that extra gear is is 100% justified.
1: Yeah, I I, I find peace in it because at least I'm just like buying one thing and then I just use it to death. So yeah. if you like looked at our Instagram, you'd be like, "Do they ever change outfits? Ah, Why uh, are they wearing the same thing every time?" Oh, that's you know, funny. It was all one height. No, no, we just wear the same things. And yeah. like when you're backpacking, a lot of people think that you need to pack a lot of extra clothes, and you don't. Like you need one pair of clothes for the day and then one to sleep in. And even on five days, I'm wearing the same outfit. So we're, we're hiker trash.
0: For so sure. when your when your husband picks you up after that 5 day trip he's just like can you guys get in the back or
1: There there was one time that me and my friend did a huge trip with the kids and we came in and he was like you guys need to get in the shower like <laughs> you guys all stink
0: Do you take uh do you take anything like like baby wipes any of that type stuff out there or is that um I'm not a backpacker at all and I'm not familiar with the with the sport so you're you're educating um, me as we go
1: I, I do um which is really controversial in the backpacking world like people have some really strong opinions of things like i recently did a reel about like four things i no longer take backpacking that no longer serve me and one of them was toilet paper and i cannot tell you the amount <laughs> of people that showed up to that reel as if like their charm and stock like, <laughs> like was in jeopardy if they did not convince me that I was being a nerd
0: and hey, I just, bad pol- bad publicity is still publicity I right? say that word
1: <laughs> so like um, since i don't have man pee privileges like can yep. you imagine like as many times as you need to go pee on trail like carrying all that toilet paper for it and in utah a lot of places you can't bury your toilet paper mm. and you can burn it but it depends if there's a fire ban for the area so i in, so i have this like thing it's called a cooler cloth and any chick should check it out so that's for P, not to be mistaken with the other one. Like I would never carry a shit cloth around. But like <laughs> for number two. Well, no, people showed up in my real life. That's disgusting. Yeah. You you carry a poo cloth? No, no. No, my guy, come on. <laughs> <laughs> so and funny. um, so for number two, I just I feel like wet wipes make you feel clean. And you can even do like a pre-body wipe and then, you know, use it. And then I just like have a gallon size Ziploc bag. I just put it in the bag and then seal it up. And I put my wet trash in it and then just put it in a dry bag. And I've never like had any issues with it that way. And it just works. It makes you feel fresh. I also have used, um, what are they called? They're like sports wipes clean freak i know yeah, like gym I think- people use them and they have like a couple scents like lavender's really good and like there's a peppermint that if i'm going for a really long trip i'll bring one as a luxury and like halfway through yeah
0: so. you can't yeah. see but she just like did her body movement like she's wiping her body type thing yeah <laughs> <laughs> people are like what what was that i'm not sure <laughs> they're going to be listening to this. <laughs> Uh, where's Where's that treat from um yeah i think they have one uh for men too like cool dudes or something i don't know what it is i have a dude bag wipes. of them dude wipes dude wipes okay yeah i have a bag of them i've never used them but so
1: they're they're luxurious
0: sometimes like i go on a run and then, you know, I got a hour drive back and I'm like, oh man, I, or like, I'll go out to eat with people afterwards. And you're just like, how oh, you just, I smell, I guarantee you, I smell gross. So <laughs> those are what those are for, for me, but I don't carry any on my run, but yeah. Um, oh, here I go. Losing my train of thought. Robbie. <laughs> <laughs> what do you guys do for water when you're out on these longer hikes? Do you carry a pan or a filter?
1: So, um, I do like cherry pens um, unless the water source is more like sediment filled or gross yeah. or yeah um i actually like the sawyer squeeze not the sawyer mini don't ever buy that unless you hate yourself and you want to spend like 45 minutes filtering <laughs> one liter as That's you go worst. mad yeah um, but the a lot of the through hikers as i said i joined a facebook through hiker page to get ideas for lightweight gear so i could lighten my load with my child but a lot of them use this the regular sawyer squeeze and they put it onto a smart water bottle and so like when you run and then you just kind of drink it right straight from the filter like like a water bottle and then you just scoop up some more when you need some and another really great one is the catadine be free a lot of the runners use it yeah. It's like a soft flask. You know what I'm talking about? hmm yeah. Um, the only thing with that is it does clog easier. So you would want to like, put a coffee filter and a hair tie around the filter part so it won't get sediments in it. But a lot of times when i'm actually doing these big tri- trips with kids one of the things i primarily look for is like a trail that's more adjacent to water because water weighs like 2.2 pounds a liter and so that like really adds up fast for two people so yeah. i do prefer adjacent water sources
0: is little man carrying his own water or are you carrying it
1: oh i'm carrying it
0: okay <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> there was a little bit of sass in your voice when you said
1: that. <laughs> um, I mean, we have done a couple things. Like there was one in Zion that we had to carry water for two days because the the creek itself had this bacteria in it that even like filters couldn't filter out. Oh, okay. And that that was heavy. I don't, that's not an ideal scenario for me.
0: So, but I, I will do it. Okay. So, um, you're Instagram famous for teaching people how to hike with kids. Yes. So you, you came with up with the idea, not necessarily this idea, but you have just hiked with your kid. What, what puts you on to teach your kid, teach people how to teach with their kids, how to hike and hike with their kids? on Instagram and that's kind of your, I guess, your niche on Instagram. It's just, like I said, I don't even have kids. And I think for (laughs) as long as I've had Instagram, I have followed you just because you put out such great content for that. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. And my wife wanted me to tell you, uh, that she loves your page and like Uh I said, we don't have kids, but you just put out really good content. So, but I guess back to my original question, what, what made you want to teach people how to do what you do?
1: So it just kind of evolved. I originally just wanted to show people that like having children didn't end your adventures. because I feel like a lot of people that see us out on trail, like especially, well, the younger people that haven't had kids and you run into them and they're like, Oh my gosh, I want kids, but I'm afraid that I would never be able to do anything like this again. And that my hobbies are gone, especially as a woman. Cause I feel like women, like we're not like, I don't know. We're not encouraged to have hobbies. Like kids are our hobbies and there's so much more to us than just motherhood. So it was just kind of like, Hey, look, you can do all this stuff still with your kids. And then, you know, I eventually had a lot of people ask me, like, how did you get your kid to do that hike, you know? And so I it just kind of has naturally evolved that way because people, people ask. So I try to share my thoughts. And not all the time are they appreciated or accepted, <laughs> but. It's what's worked for me. So.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, it is super interesting. I mean, I just see this, thing, you know, all your posts and I'm just like, man, that's a, that's a really cool idea. That's pretty interesting.
1: Yeah. I, I hope people like can get out with their kids and I try to give them the tools that if they don't, you know, like, I, I feel like no matter what capacity you out enjoy the outdoors, that's a very like personal choice. You know, like different things make us happy. Like some people running just two miles a day makes them happy and everything. Um, You know, you don't need to be going big, but if you do want to do, you know, kind of step outside what the norm is like, here's, here's the tools, here's the resources to do it.
0: So when you, when you got into this, did you hit anybody up? you know, like when you're starting to hike with your, with your kid, was there a, you know, was there a resource out there that you could lean on or were you kind of just trial and error?
1: It was trial and error. And so, and okay, so with my Instagram, I feel like I do try to produce content that I would have liked to see. Yeah. Um, Like, yeah years ago um and i feel like there are a lot of really great voices out there now that i have found but like especially backpacking with a kid and everything because a lot of people go with their husbands too but my husband can't always come with us and so it was like okay well how how do i go with just my child and i like how is that gonna work how is the gear you know like i don't know just yeah the whole thing and i did find a really popular instagrammer and that they were doing the same thing too and sometimes the husband would just go by himself with the kid and i would like beg them like please just send me your packing list like how are you packing your bag what are you putting in it like just give me all the details and they i don't know they're just kind of like well maybe one day we'll do a blog post about it and Mm. So then I just kind of figured it out. And so I try to put that information out there because I mean, someone has to know not all of us can go with our husbands, you yeah. know, like so. How to do it by yourself, but no, there was a lot of trial and error. It was a complete shit show. So,
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you both are still alive, you know, and kicking it and planning <laughs> new trips. So it seems like things have been successful
1: yeah <laughs> they have but there, there's lots of times where it just kind of went wrong i mean never like like we were in trouble like safety wise but just it's just like why why am i doing this this is terrible yeah like i i feel like a failure but like when you do anything at first you feel inadequate Absolutely. and that was experience yeah so
0: So I feel like you've been just holding this back and it's just waiting for it to come out. And I needed to, I just need to just, just point at it a little bit, but tell me a story of like your best adventure with little man. And then tell me one that is just like something that you want to make just a hundred Instagram reels about, like, do not do this. There's got to be an adventure for both of them.
1: (laughs) Oh, I mean, even my first, so my first time backpacking was terrible. Like I packed all the things I had no freaking clue what to pack. I mean, I'm talking, I scour blogs, everything you should have seen my bag. It's like so embarrassing that I don't post pictures about it. Like I am afraid (laughs) of the hate that will like come my way and like that you're a nerd you're an idiot you know like why why do, why does anybody follow you but i <laughs> I mean, it was just like, I had everything strapped to it. Backpacks were hanging off my bag. I mean, (laughs) and even looking at my friend's bags. So like me and my girlfriend, like we shared a tent, we shared things and both of our bags are like exploding for like a two mile hike in overnighter. We we're so excited to do this that we're like okay rain's in the forecast we don't care so we just went anyways you know kids had several meltdowns it took four and a half hours to go two miles you know oh, and then my friend fed her kids so much candy that she just like vomited all over the tent <laughs> in the middle of the night you know hey. <laughs> just it was it was a shit show But we loved it. And we were like, yeah, we're so cool. Look at us. And we, all three of us moms, we take our picture, selfie in the parking lot. Like, yeah, we're so, yeah. We were so proud of ourselves. And and I'm proud of myself, too. Because I went... I didn't know exactly what i was doing and i just did it anyways but yeah it took a lot of trips to like actually fine-tune i would i would imagine my bag was probably like 60 65 pounds no. that oh. day yeah stupid okay so like for four days now like with food and everything i would say it's anywhere from 35 to 38 pounds but yeah we we were dumb and then i mean i have shared my dumb experience with myself um so me and my girlfriends we do a backpacking trip every year and that's like our like cabo if you yeah so we have this route in the uintas it's it it was kings was part of it it was Early snow season, and we packed in 20 pounds of alcohol because we're idiots. We get drunk, like, we're dragging in. Like, I have, like, you know, those margarita mixes that come in that big plastic, oh, like, scratched to the bottom of my bag. And, like, everyone's just like, duh, what is she doing? So, we all get trashed. We're at like ten thousand feet elevation. The next day we have to go up to Kings. I'm I'm stick as a dog because I am so dehydrated and hungover, and it it was just it was one for the books. And I'm like I I don't know if I don't like backpacking or I don't know if I just made dumb decisions i just made dumb decisions and not only that but like my friends and i were so arrogant too because like me and my one friend like we child carried major peaks with our kids in the wasash like we child carried Timpanogus, and you know like these big things so we're like oh it doesn't matter how much alcohol or how much we pack like I carry 55 pounds up to Benogis. I can do, you know, this many pounds. No, no, I was so wrong. It was terrible. And I just, yeah, whined and cried. I would say my best backpacking trip, or my favorite, was this last time at Kings with the kid. It was it was really special. My husband went, um, he was able to do it, even though the kid was going way fast at Kings and we were all dying of altitude because it was early season i wanted to vomit and i yeah i was telling the kid to slow down and he just like shames me and it's like why are you going so slow (laughs) you know (laughs) like are you are you for real but and there was troubleshooting and there were really hard times but like we managed we managed through it and it was just like a really all around a huge accomplishment and an incredible experience that, and as I said, I got to share it with both my husband and my child. So, awesome. and I, and, and I didn't even know if that was really going to happen. Like I was like 75% sure that we could do it, but yeah, we just sent it. You made it. <laughs> yeah, we made it.
0: Have you ever hosted any, um, like backpacking trips with the other families and kids.
1: I haven't. Um, no, I, I do. I mean, I do backpack a lot with my girlfriends and their kids. But I actually haven't myself hosted any trips with any families or kids.
0: That would be a thought great about making them, making another a business.
1: Um, probably not. So I am really introverted, and I. I'm really shy, and it's really hard for me to like meet new people. So I'm sure I'd be like super awkward, and everyone would walk away from the whole experience. (laughs) Like, what? You know, (laughs)
0: like the right people, then awkward. (laughs) Huh? I said you're on the right podcast with awkward people, then.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, good. I'm I'm glad. (laughs) I'm definitely not
0: an introvert, but I am awkward.
1: Oh, I I... (laughs) I'm. Well, I'm an extrovert if it's smaller groups like this and if I know people, but if I don't know people and it's large groups, like it just makes my skin crawl. I am so uncomfortable. So.
0: Nice. Nice.
1: Yeah.
0: You definitely, you have something there for sure. Well, I would be, uh, it, it wouldn't be a Golden Hour Adventures podcast if we didn't bring up running and on your title of your Instagram, it says washed up endurance Athlete." So I feel like there's a story there that we need to hear about. And you've mentioned ultra running a little bit. So I feel like you've, uh, you've dabbled.
1: I have dabbled in the ultra world. Um, I have had some good races and I have been beaten down <laughs> and everything. My first 50k went really smoothly. I had an incredible time. And then like the person who I am, have you ever heard of tushers Mm -hmm. yeah so i did the tushers marathon as like my second ultra (laughs) with not even a year's worth of ultra experience so i I, i'm sure you can guess like how cute that went right (laughs) (laughs) it was oh so humbling and i actually didn't run for six months after that because i'm like (gasps) oh that that just hurt my feelings really bad so i signed up for it and one of my mutual friends that was like in a hiking group he was like oh i have like really serious friends who've done that race and they say it's really difficult so i don't know if you'll be able to do that with your experience and i'm like man i can do anything and i did i did do it I was the last person across the finish line. But, but
0: someone has to be DFL.
1: It was, it, was me. it was me. But I mean, 30% of the runners actually dropped that year because we had a critical heat wave and it was like 80 degrees at 10,000 feet. So the DNF trucks were just hauling bodies back and forth from aid stations. <laughs> yeah the start of the race i actually knew a couple people that went to the hospital because they were so dehydrated and they had to drop and there was one point one aid station i rolled up and i demanded all the watermelon and then i just go sit in the dirt like a piece of trash (laughs) by the trash can and just eat my watermelon and the aid station guy was like do you want to sit in a chair i'm like no because i can just do this And just like throw my trash over the trash like just let me sit by the trash because i am trash and the next year i came through that aid station it was a much better race and he was like you look really familiar i'm like i'm the one who ate the watermelons next to the garbage can last year he's like yes oh and and also i need to mention i did have like a soft flask of vodka I was like halfway full that I lit up and I filled the Gatorade with the vodka. And this guy's like watching this all happen. Like, are you freaking serious? Like, should you be here? And he's like, and I'm like, if you get drunk enough, your feet don't hurt. And my feet, he they really hurt at that point. So oh my
0: gosh, that's too funny.
1: Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it was it, it was hard. Um I, I don't feel I, I, I don't feel like I have really any athletic ability, even though like people think I do. And and I guess I mean, I feel like anyone who can go that distance, they are an endurance athlete, right?
0: For sure. Yes.
1: And I say wash up because I mean at best I was not a runner, I would say I was more of like an ultra jogger, you know, like it's sad when you like people are like, what's your time? And you tell them and they're like, did you run any of it? <laughs> no, actually I didn't. I jogged and, and did a lot of walking.
0: Oh was, so power that's I, power hiking. Power <laughs> hiking. Right. We'll claim jogging. We're not taking walking.
1: i the last 10 miles of tushers was was walked (laughs) it was it was it was a i didn't even like i i had no dignity at the end i didn't even make an attempt to run through the finish line (laughs) everyone just watched me walk and i had this scowl (laughs) on my face and my friends posted yeah yeah
0: but you went back and did it again that's what's even more funny (laughs)
1: right (laughs) because i'm a i'm a nut
0: (laughs) oh my gosh you knew how hard it was and you went back was that your last like race that you've done
1: um the last race i did was um one of mad moose's race it was the dead horse yeah um my girlfriend just did it this weekend and she was like jenny are you gonna run too and i'm like i had such a good race last year i mean for me for me like i came in like bottom middle of the pack and so i was really proud of myself <laughs> like as i said i i feel like i have no street cred with the running community but i i i did i did well it felt good um and then this year i just i just kind of had a slump this last winter you know just like you know how you just kind of get the winter blues and i feel like running is something that you have to you even you have there has to be more than just motivation because most of the time you're not going to have the motivation to go out and do it and it was more about let's just survive winter so i just did a lot of downhill skiing and my running tanked so i want to get back into it i actually am going to sign i think the kiddo and i up for a 10k to do together in the spring so yeah because he done a 5k with me and he ran like the whole thing except for 30 feet that was just up a slight hill but yeah wow. yeah he came in first in the 0 to 10 age group age 4 yeah he did awesome wow, wow. he says Very he impressive. wants to do it again so we'll just well, i'm gonna see how the 10k goes
0: okay sweet yeah I've ran uh, a couple half marathons where the kid is like, I don't know, six or seven. I think the last one, Robbie was there. The kid was young. Um, and I'm pretty sure I got beat by him. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Well, um, tell us a little bit about your gear. Like, we we talked about little man's gear. What what are you using? What, what's, shoes all the way up.
1: So being a former ultra runner well i guess it will never leave me i I will ultra run again i like the hokas i have like really high arches and i get plantar fasciitis pretty easily and i just feel like the hokas just massage the arch and so i don't have any foot problems with the hokas socks i love darn tough um, just because it, they're great socks and their return policy, if you get a hold, they will replace it as a lifetime warranty.
0: Oh, I didn't um, know that.
1: Yeah. Right. I just
0: bought a pair too. So that's cool.
1: Yeah. They'll replace them. Um, For bags with the little man and I, I prefer to use the Gregory Diva 70. And I, I would never recommend someone to go out and get like a 70 liter bag. I don't think people need more than like 55 liters, just because if you have the room, it's very tempted. You're very tempted to like continuous, continually just pack it like, oh, I can fit a little more in here. Um, and I like.